Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Three hours, Pritch, for this divisional Sunday in the NFL playoffs. We want to hear from you guys throughout the show. Tweet at us, at VEASAN Live, at M.I. Pritchard, at Femi Abebefe, as we try to find some actionable angles here in the National Football League. Coming up, five fantastic guests on the show this morning. Mike Palm, the Circle Resort and Casino VP of Operations, joins us at 9.15 to give his opinions on today's game and how they did at the book yesterday with the results that we saw. Dan Fates, WHAM in Rochester, the sports anchor out there, talking all things Bills Chiefs at 9.45. Then Evan Klosky, the WTSP Sports Director from Tampa, Florida, joins us at 10.15. We're going to break down Bucks and the Rams. Aaron Ladd of KSHB in Kansas City will give us the Chiefs' perspective of this evening's game between the Bills and the Chiefs. Then Dave Ross, the VEASAN host and host of the First Strike podcast, will help us close things out at 11.45. Picks at 11.30. The pros' perspective with Pritch at 10.45. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up props at 10.30. That Joe Burrow plus 5.50 is very, very live this weekend. But first, yes. Pritch. How we doing, Divisional Sunday, buddy? Doing great, doing great. Had a great day yesterday, um, but um, looking forward to the games today as well. I mean, anytime we get this type of weekend, uh, I, you know, as betters, we're giddy, uh, mm-hmm. happy, certainly for the opportunities. But I'm looking forward to good games too. I mean, that's what we all want, and I think we'll get that. I think both teams are playing, oh, all four teams playing today, uh, we're going to get. Uh, that extra sauce sprinkled on top because oh, yeah. what can number two do for you, right? The number two seeds now. <laughs> the number two seeds. The number uh-huh. two seeds are going to be hosting. Perhaps we'll see who's going to be hosting, but the winner gets to host the conference championship game. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in because it's players that's sinking in big time today. The, mm-hmm. If we win this game, we get to host the conference championship game. So that situation right there, that's the extra sauce I love about the situations in the game today. I like how you put that extra sauce on these games. The winners of these games today, like you mentioned, will host next Sunday. The Rams right now, three-point underdogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, total of 48. Buffalo Bills, short one-point road underdogs at Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. That total at 54. We'll break down those games all throughout the first three hours of this show. But... We got to start where we left off yesterday. <laughs> you all right? Can you? Can you? Can we? We're, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get there. Let's start with the night game. The 49ers, San Francisco oh, 49ers, man. as six-point underdogs, defeat the Green Bay Packers 13 to 10. Game goes well under the total of 47. The Packers, Pritch, scored three points in the final 55 minutes of play. An absolute disaster as the number one seed, one and done. Niners moving on to the NFC title. Yeah, the Packers at home, the only team in the national. Football League this year for me to not lose a game at home until the playoffs. Uh, and so think about that too. Uh, you know, 
the, the playoffs changes everything. Uh, we saw coordinators come up with outstanding plans uh, on both sides of the ball defensively. Uh, and then how do you adjust to it? You know, we couldn't – I, I could not imagine the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, LaFleur, not being able to adjust – to what the 49ers were doing, but that was the case. I mean, after that opening drive, the script, scripted plays, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you don't have a game plan. What's going on there? And you can't execute, right? Uh, and then turnovers had a factor. The weather, I think, played a factor as well. And then on the other side, you know, the 49ers, whether or not we think about complete teams when we're betting, we have to. All three phases, we have to. Yeah. Uh, now, I thought the 49ers special team situation wasn't ideal, but it was still better than the Packers, right? And so as coaches, they come up with plans and, and situations in which, okay, you know what? We have this type of situation. Packers backed up. Let's lock this punt. Let's see if we can, right? And, and certainly you're trying to do that on extra points and field goals anyway. But uh, I thought that was a difference in the game big time. I mean, Debo Samuel is a beast. We all know that. Uh, Devontae Adams is a beast, too. I mean, the playmakers shined at times, but the consistency uh, wasn't there for the Packers, which was needed, because I think the Packers, for the most part, all season long, coasted, uh, and they weren't really in those adverse situations. At times, maybe once or twice, but not when, you know, you're in the playoffs and you win or go home. So give credit to the 49ers. They're continuing yep. with the momentum and playing well. You mentioned the Green Bay special teams and how it was just a flat-out disaster. The blocked field goal before halftime that prevented them from going up by 10 points. The blocked punt TD mm -hmm. that you mentioned in the fourth quarter. Ten men on the field <laughs> on the final play of the game when the 49ers kicked the game-winning field goal there. It's crazy that how special teams the afterthought of the all three phases kind of became the difference maker for this game because the 49ers were outgained in total yards and yards per play. Jimmy Garoppolo, he was, he was itching to give the football to the oh Green Bay gosh. Packers all throughout that game. I mean, Troy Aikman, I think, was about to have an ulcer watching Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> play quarterback. The Niners were banged up. Trent Williams was limping around. Debo Samuel was limping around. We saw George Kittle limped off the field in the final drive here for the 49ers to overcome all of that just goes to show how terrible Green Bay was in that special teams unit, and it cost them their season. Right, and Green Bay talked about how we love playing up here at Lambeau. We love the weather. We embrace it and all <laughs> this stuff. Like but, it. no, I mean, I, I think the injuries, we'll see how significant they're going to be moving forward. But you got to factor in that cold weather, and, and we're looking at a picture. On, yeah, you're right. Eight, ten men ten on the guys field. guys on the field, which is inexcusable right there. But, uh, you know, some of those injuries look to me to be weather-related. I think when Dylan went out, that took mm -hmm. some toughness away from Green Bay a little bit. Um, uh, and certainly because he brought that. He brought that element, right? Um, defensively, I thought Green Bay responded, too, with some great toughness and some great plays. But, you know, Kittle and Williams, you know, we're going to have to monitor that. But I think that was a product of the cold weather. And you feel everything uh, when the weather was that cold out there. So uh, hopefully those guys can bounce back. But, yeah, I mean, inexcusable on the other side with the Packers uh, not being – up to par, not even not even being great, but up to par. If you're up to par with your special teams, you perhaps win this football you, game. You likely win the football game. It's just interesting that the Green Bay Packers all throughout this season, the betting market was betting against them each and every week. And it was almost telling us that, hey, this team is not as good as you guys think they are. Yes, they're winning games. Yes, they have the MVP quarterback. They have the number one seed. But every single week, it felt like you could almost set your watch to the Packers are going to get faded in the betting market. And it kindly finally came to fruition here last night with them going home as the number one seed. Interesting as we spin it forward for the mm -hmm. 49ers, they're going to travel to Tampa Bay or L.A. Last night I spoke with an odds maker, and he said that 
they're likely going to be only field goal underdogs next Sunday. It doesn't matter who the opponent is, whether they have to go and face the Buccaneers or if they have to go and face the Rams okay. for a third time. It's likely to be 49ers plus three on the line. So I'm curious about that. I want your thoughts on that because mm-hmm. when I watch Jimmy G play, I know that that playbook's limited. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we see Kyle Shanahan get highly creative with the running game, and he can. And, and certainly, I mean, even at the end of the game, he gets creative, creative with that running game. But at some point, you're going to have to have Jimmy G rise to the occasion, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I'm surprised that against, okay, the familiarity aspect against the Rams, I see that. But then also with Tampa, if Tampa wins, I mean, I just don't see the matchup between Jimmy G and Tom Brady being that close. I agree with you, but we're going to have if, – if the Buccaneers win, we're going to have all week to break down right. that matchup because it's going to be a spicy one. The two former New England Patriot quarterbacks going at it in the <laughs> NFC title game. The storylines are endless <laughs> potentially in the NFC. In the AFC side, I mean, the Packers weren't the only number one seed to go down yesterday. The Tennessee Titans, four-point favorites against Cincinnati. They lose 19-16. to Bengals money line cashes. Total, 48-and-a-half goes well under that. The Titans, three interceptions. Ryan Tannehill, Mm. the last one being the most devastating one as the Cincinnati Bengals able to win this game with a game-winning kick as they advance to the AFC title game, winning their first road playoff game in franchise. Yeah, the mistakes name in the game in this one. I mean, we talked about it all week on Betting Across America during the week in terms of both offensive lines yielding a lot of sacks. Now, I didn't think it was going to get out of hand. It was going to get crazy out there, <laughs> but it did. Times. It did for Burrow. But it does tell you about Burrow and, and this guy uh, when he can complete 37, uh, 28 passes uh, for 348 yards and sack nine times. He had one pick. I get that. But on the other end, you know, the Titans, they were not going to be able to match that from a quarterback standpoint. They needed Derrick Henry. They needed to uh, rush the football. Yeah. He, shot, he didn't look right either. Well, right. He didn't look like he was running – with the normal power. Yeah. Like he was running with Derrick Henry, I think the the average person power, but he wasn't running with Derrick Henry power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had Solomon Wilcox who played safety for uh, the Bengals on the show. He covers the Bengals. He's intimate with the Bengals, certainly. Um, he talked about how the Bengals needed to fog the gaps and make Derrick Henry go sideways. And that way you can take out his legs. Uh, and so the Bengals had a good plan for Derrick Henry. What surprised me and shocked me was the fact that they didn't run Foreman. Yeah. I mean, Foreman broke out, right? He looked, he looked and, and Foreman looked great. He got four carries in the game. That certainly would have helped out Tannehill. But when you're looking at Burrow, explosive plays, uh, Chase, you start to worry about things. Now, all of a sudden, you lean on your quarterback, Tannehill. He was not going to match the production from Joe Burrow in that football game, though. Yeah. Once again, for Cincinnati, they won the game. They were outgained in total yards and yards per play for a second consecutive week in this playoffs. The Raiders outgained them mm-hmm. and in total yards as well. But they will now travel to either Buffalo or Kansas City. Spoke with that same odds maker yesterday about those games. At least a touchdown underdog is what he told me. Yeah. I mean, you look at that offensive line. That's a concern for the Bengals, right? Hard to travel. Uh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. They, they, I don't know if they can fix it. They can't fix it at this point. You got to go with what you got. Now, what could help them, though, down the line is if they get the running game going again. But right now, they're leaning on Burrow big time. Yeah, Burrow, that ch- Burrow Chase connection is, I mean, you don't want to go against it, but just based on what the betting market has told you about the Cincinnati team, based on the results we've seen on the field, mm-hmm. 
probably not an elite team that is typically in this spot, but you got to give them the credit. They capitalized on the mistakes of the Tennessee Titans. They earned their way here. But just based on the betting market that didn't like the Tennessee Titans, but still favored them by four against that Cincinnati Bengals team. That goes to show there will be significant underdogs, which might play into the narrative that this evening's game between the Chiefs and the Bills could be the de facto AFC title game. I want to ask you about okay. that because I'm hearing that be the kind of the sentiment all throughout all of football discussions. On the other side, Mike Palm, the Circa VP of Operations, joins us to give his thoughts on what we saw yesterday and, of course, today's games in the divisional round. It is betting across America. Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard from the Visa Studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We're just getting warmed up here. Three hours helping you guys get set right up to kickoff of Rams Buccaneers in the divisional playoffs. And to help us get ready for those games, we bring in Mike Palm, the Circa Resort and Casino VP of Operations, also the co-host of Odds On, which you can see weekdays here at Visa. Mike. Yesterday, we saw both road underdogs win outright. What was your reaction to the results we saw in yesterday's NFL slate? Well, both results were a little bit surprising, I think. Um, the Tennessee defense played well, but it was the Ryan Tannehill of, uh, of, of the Dolphins that we remember with the three <laughs> interceptions. You know, I, in handicapping that game, and I said, I asked Pritch this before the season started, how big of an impact would Arthur Smith going to Atlanta have on Tannehill, right? Because he was sort of the Tannehill whisperer the last two years with Tannehill in Tennessee. His numbers so much better than the entirety of the rest of his career. Maybe that was a little bit of a factor. So, you know, they, they played it down to the end. I don't think you were going to be able to get a cover. Obviously, Vrabel was playing for a field goal there at the end. He still threw the interception, but credit to the Bengals. They're moving on. Terrific result for the books there. Um, people were on. People were on Tennessee, and they were on Tennessee money line as well. Um, so we start, we had a good start to the day. You know, Mike, I didn't become interested in this game in terms of betting it until it got to that number of four. I mean, it was sitting at three, three and a half, and uh, okay, you can see ways the Tennessee Titans can get the job done. But going back to what you asked me at the beginning of the year uh, with Tennessee, it comes back to that situation where you have Todd Downing, a new offense coordinator, or stepping in as offense coordinator. You had uh, injuries all year long. And as betters, we're looking at, okay, everything is going to go back to normal for Tennessee now that Derrick Henry's back. But yet, you know, you still have to work through things. That's why we have so many reps throughout the entire season on working out uh, and ironing out wrinkles, right? And, uh, and then problems, too, if we can solve them. But on the other side, you had the Bengals with continuity, and also you had a young football team that had a lot of confidence. So that's why I was looking for that key number four. Uh, did it surprise you that Tennessee was that out of sync offensively in that game? I, I don't know. I thought, you know, probably Henry coming back hurt him more than helped him. You could tell he wasn't 100%. I mean, they asked him on Wednesday, how is it different now from earlier in the season? He said, I didn't have a big metal plate in my foot earlier in the year, right? I mean, <laughs> For Foreman looked like the better back, although you, we, Foreman struggled with fumble issues. The key play of the game might have been uh, there with around six minutes left when they had third and one on the Cincinnati 35, and they decided – I don't know if Tannehill had that option. It was a read option, but he decided to keep the ball on third and one 
and actually lost the half yard. I thought that the dive to the fullback there the, or the tailback there was open. They would have easily made a first down. And then in that spot, you could, you know, two more first downs and you're kicking a field goal to win the game or possibly even scoring a touchdown to cover there. But then they, they go, you know, they hand off on, on fourth down and, and lose another two yards. And I thought that was more of a key sequence than any other play in the game. We're speaking with Mike Palm, the VP of Operations at the Circle Resort and Casino, also the co-host of Odds On Here Weekdays at VEASAN. Got to ask you about this 49ers and Packers game. Green Bay was a six-point favorite. They lose the game outright to the 49ers, who now have once again won as a road dog in the playoffs, 13-10 to the final. What did you make of what we saw last night with that Green Bay special teams? Well, as Michael Lombardi said, they had a whole year to fix it, and they did. They didn't fix it. I mean, teams that are are last in 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 overall special teams have never made it to a conference championship game. And I mean, that was obviously the the difference in this game. I mean, from the the blocked field goal, the blocked punt, the punt re- or the kick return to start the second half. I mean, but let's face it, the Packers outside of the first drive and then the long pass right before halftime, they didn't do a lot either. Give credit to the 49er defense playing on a slick field in the snow out of their element there. They, they, they performed very well and they did just enough to win. And Robbie gold, uh, 39 year old Robbie gold steps up in, in brutal conditions and nails that field goal to win the game. So credit to the 49ers. They're moving on uh, and probably taking the worst quarterback by far of anybody remaining in the playoffs into a conference championship game. You know, Mike, when you look at this game, too, and, and typically this happens in the playoffs and Super Bowl sometimes as well, um, the number of plays go down, the number of drives go down, and so you have to be perfect if you can. Uh, and so as betters factoring in all three phases, I, I think that's essential moving forward. But uh, it's, it's always something you think about maybe after you see it, but the under all the way in this one, just for the fact that the matchup, the familiarity from coaches and players, uh, that certainly was going to stand out in this game as well to me. Yeah, Derek does a radio program with Mike Valenti out of Detroit on Friday afternoons. And we talked about, you know, you, there could be a strong case made for the under in the two games yesterday in the Rams-Bucks game this morning. Maybe putting a three-team parlay together, the unders. I Stay away from this the late game in Arrowhead. I think that could be a, a shootout, but uh, you're right. It, it, they slow the games down. You look at when people are snapping the ball. I, I bet the first quarter under 10 in the first game yesterday. And I, and I talked about it on the Bar- Lombardi line yesterday morning. C- Cincinnati number two, in terms of when they snap the ball uh, in the play clock on a running clock in first halves outside the two minute warning and Tennessee was in the top 10 as well. So you, when you limit the number of plays and you limit the number of drives, then it just becomes about efficiency. And you saw in that first game, especially very conservatively, the fourth downs that these coaches are going for all year long, that's not happening in the playoffs, right? You got fourth and one on your own 40 in the first half. You're punting. You got fourth and three on the opponent's 42. You're punting the ball. You're not trying to lose or win a game in the first half. And so that factors into these totals as well. It's interesting. Let's spin it forward to today's action here, Mike, as we have the Rams and the Buccaneers. We're leading right up to kickoff of that game at noon Pacific time. The Bucks two and a half point favorites over at BetMGM, total of 47 and a half. You think that this one might be a little bit more low scoring, but what do you think about the side, whether it be the Rams or the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I took three here with the Rams. And, you know, it, it, we talk about the special teams being such a big factor in Green Bay last. I think the Rams have an advantage in special teams in this game. I think their kick return game as well as their punt return game are both significantly better than the Buccaneers. And in a game that's sat at three or two and a half, right? And 
You want to lay two and a half, you pay the juice. You want to take three, you pay the juice as well. Um, the special teams could be a big factor here. I, you, you look at stats and all these props, and I think that first game in SoFi in week three was really distorted because the Buccaneers found themselves down two scores right away, and so the game become so wide open with Brady throwing the ball, you know, obviously I think more times probably by a factor 15 than he is going to do today. So this, this should be a terrific game here. Remember they played in Tampa Bay last year. Uh, the Rams gave him a good game uh, as well. So I think the Rams match up pretty well here. I think you'll know early though, is Tampa Bay able to protect, protect Tom Brady with that banged up offensive line? I, I can see a case for not taking a position pre-flop here and waiting until you see a couple of drives and seeing are, are the bucket is that Buccaneers banged up offensive line going to hold up against this defensive front you know Mike that's what I'm considering for this game actually both games to be honest with you um, but you know the situation with Whitworth not being available for the Rams and you have the new quarterback with the team in the playoff situation too uh, it's different a little different from Tennessee new coordinator situation but uh, as the game plan unfolds you, you wonder you know, can they keep Matthew Stafford engaged uh, enough, well enough, to where he's not throwing the ball all over the place and, and leading that into interceptions as well? I think that McVay will try to run the ball. And, I, I, you know, they're not going to go for 130 here with the two backs like they did against Arizona. Nobody runs the ball on Tampa Bay. We saw the opening game of the year. Dallas didn't even try to run the ball, right? Mm -hmm. But I think they still have to run the ball in order – uh, to keep the defense balanced and not to have Matthew Stafford throw the ball 35, 40 times, right? He only threw the ball 24 times on Monday night. Look, guys, I think I call this referendum Sunday. I think both <laughs> these games are simply a referendum on the two quarterbacks. If you believe Matt's in Matt Stafford, you're taking three here or taking the money line on the Rams. If you believe in Josh Allen, you're taking the money line on the Bills. It's just, I believe, a referendum on those two quarterbacks. Well, Mike, we got about a minute left. Who do you believe wins this game later on this evening between the Bills and the Chiefs? It feels like a coin flip to me. Where's the coin going to land at Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, I can't believe what our position is here. You know, on Thursday, we we were going to need the the uh, we were going to need um, end up needing Kansas City, but it was for, it was for a very very small number. You know, in the thirty forty thousand dollar range. So we knew the decision. We're going to need Buffalo. Everybody has bought back here, at least at Circa, on this number as it got down to one, now back to one and a half. This has become a half-million-dollar decision for us at one and one and a half here. Wow. If, the Bills, yeah, if the Bills stay within two, it's, it's a great result for us. If Kansas City wins by a field goal, it's not. There is some buyback the other way on the Bills on the money line, but not nearly as important. So I am taking no position on this game. I just think Spagnola has to change up though. He can't play man all game and let Josh Allen, Josh Allen can run for 150 yards. If you're going to turn your back to him on every down with your defensive backs. Yeah. I think that's going to be the fascinating thing with this game. There's Josh Allen rushing yards props. I think around 50 and a half at most sports books. I know that's gonna be a lot of uh, popular plays here with the prop game. He is Mike Palm VP of operations over at the circle resort and casino. Also the co-host of odds on weekdays here at Visa. Mike, thanks for joining us and we wish you the best of luck this weekend. Thanks Femi. Thanks Pritch. Enjoy your Sunday. You too, Mike. Excellent point that he made there with the live betting with this Tampa mm -hmm. Bay offensive line. Can they block that Rams front with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and those guys? It could give you the answer to who wins this game. And we'll discuss that more in depth on the other side. Full breakdown, Rams Bucks here. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America.
VEASAN has a new great offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Sunday NFL Divisional Weekend Pritch, and we got a good game leading up to the noon hour there between the Rams and the Buccaneers at BetMGM Pritch. The Bucks two and a half point favorites, total of 47 and a half. But when you analyze this game, mm-hmm. that is a rematch of what we saw in week three. What kind of stands out to you as we approach kickoff here in about two and a half hours? Well, immediately what stands out, Femi, is, is Tom Brady in the playoffs. I mean, you have to factor that in as a, uh, as a better. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's off the charts how good this guy has been in his career, but it gets even better with this guy in the playoffs. So you got to factor <laughs> that in. Also, you got to factor in the fact that you got the Rams in a situation where they got the job done, but now they're going to go on a road in a shorter week uh, after getting up for an intense physical football game against the Cardinals. And now they're going to have to travel and do that again against another team that wants to mix it up and be physical. The thing about the Rams last week, and I want to highlight this, the Cardinals didn't want anything to do with that type of game, right? (laughs) They they, they, they were checked out. (laughs) The Cardinals wanted to go back to Arizona quickly, probably after the first quarter. The Bucs, they like this type of game. Devin White likes to be physical. Uh, Dominican Sue, my goodness, he likes to be physical. Uh, so the Rams, if they're anticipating that they can bully the Buccaneers, they're in for another situation here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's standing out to me immediately. And then I'll go to the breakdowns in the, in, in the matchups for sure. But just as a player, what these guys in the locker room, what they're talking about, what they're getting ready for, and the fact that both teams can host the conference championship, uh, that just adds more intensity to this matchup, too. So uh, it's going to boil down to execution. Uh, If the Rams want to run the football, again, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be in a bad mood to stop the run. Uh, And then on the other side, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to run the football, I think the Rams have shown the ability to play in a bad mood as well. Uh, the execution in the passing game on both sides, quarterbacks right here, essential. Who's going to win this football game? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's almost like this kind of breaks down. <clears throat> excuse me. It breaks down on the offensive lines mm-hmm. when you look at these two teams play here because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tristan Wirfs was questionable to play in this game. He was limited in practice on Friday, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. And then you have Ryan Jensen, also questionable, limited Friday, DNP Wednesday and Thursday. So this Tampa offensive line is really banged up, going up against that Rams defensive front here. How does that kind of change the game plan if Tom Brady is not going to have a whole lot of time to throw the football? Well, I think for Jensen, it'll start there. His injury, he came back and played in the game. So for my experience, from my experience, you know, players like this, they're, they're just resting and they're doing rehab around the clock. Mm-hmm. So practice, uh, you don't have to go out there on the field and rep. Get a mental rep, watch some tape, and certainly, but we need you to rehab this and, and make sure you're good to go on game day. Uh, Worst is the other one. I, I think that was more severe. 
Uh, and you're not gonna you're not gonna deaden those injuries for sure, right? They're either gonna have to play through pain with a heavy tape job on them uh, and be able to go out there and perform. So I think Jensen, I, I'm leaning that he'll play. But from a game plan standpoint, yeah, I mean he's the attitude guy. Uh, Fournette's probably gonna play, I think, uh, as well. So uh, the physical element of the Buccaneers is back. Now, the right tackle situation, I think they can protect them with multiple tight ends, heavier packages, too. You can even see a swing tackle come in there and, and help out right there. But Brady's going to be uh, fully aware of that situation at right tackle, uh, and they'll adjust accordingly. So we saw these two teams play earlier this season in week three. Mm -hmm. The Buccaneers went to SoFi Stadium. They were one-and-a-half-point road favorites in that game. But the Rams were the ones who were able to get the victory. 34-24 to game flew over the total. Total was at 55. So it's a full touchdown lower than it is today. But how much do you take away from that game is kind of the key question I want to ask you is how much do these teams change from week three all mm -hmm. the way through almost an entire season now as we sit here in the third week of January? It's a great question, Femi. I mean, I think you look at teams, or at least as players, we look at it as, you know, the season is a collection of quizzes. Like each week we have a quiz, and we either need to win this or, or win the game, but also pass the quiz or we're going to fail and we're going to lose the game. Uh, as the, the point being, though, is that we're – Working on things to perfect what we're good at, and we're working on things in terms of, okay, we're not very good at that. Well, let's leave that alone. Uh, and so you gear it for the test, which is the test is the playoffs, right? So, yeah, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are completely different. Uh, some of the players aren't even going to be involved in this game, like yeah. in, in that week three matchup. Uh, and the Rams are completely different. I mean, the Rams added a couple of potential Hall of Fame players to their <laughs> roster uh, along the way. So what, what needed to happen was those guys needed to make sure they were comfortable with what the Rams were doing. Uh, and certainly it starts to look like that for the Rams as we enter the playoffs last week in the wild card round. Uh, but I, I think you look at the Buccaneers, they're going to be healthy defensively. That mm -hmm. first game, there was not – the health situation was not ideal for them. Yeah, secondary was banged up. Yeah, this, this game, Todd Bowles has everybody. And that means disguising coverages. That means communication is going to be on point. Uh, and so Matthew Stafford is going to be up against it. Different, different a lot different uh, than that first game, that first matchup earlier in the year. Yeah, Tom Brady was asked about this earlier in the week, and here's what he had to say on how much he takes away from that week three loss against the L.A. Rams. I think the point is, is it doesn't really matter what happened, you know, in October when we played them last. It's really about this game and what we learned from the last game. And anytime you know your opponent, I think that always gives you a little bit of uh, understanding of kind of what they do well, you know, things you wish you would have done. Um, but it's a very talented football team. Obviously, one of the great teams in the NFL, really good offense, uh, tremendous defense, really well coached, great specialists. So, it's going to be a very, very difficult game for us. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of clear with just from all the way to September to mm -hmm. now. It's so different. And I'm looking at the box score from that game in week three. Chris Godwin caught a touchdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not going to play. He's on injured reserve. Deshaun Jackson caught a 75-yard touchdown for the Rams. Well, he's on the Raiders right now. Right. So, like, th <laughs> these two teams, not completely, completely different because you have the same head coaches, same quarterbacks, a lot of the same familiar faces, but – there's a big difference from week three to now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tampa Bay, I think earlier in the year, they wanted to throw the ball first a lot of times. And I think they will in this game as well. Uh, but certainly the emergence um, of Fournette throughout the year this year, uh, you know, led to other options for Tampa Bay. Leftwich as an offense coordinator, B.A. as the head coach. 
Uh, and then certainly Bernard was one of those guys that you didn't know how he was going to fit in with the Buccaneers at the beginning of the year. But now he seems like Brady is highly comfortable uh, with uh, Gio uh, coming out the backfield. So, uh, yeah, completely different teams, and they're executing differently as well. So uh, I love the fact that we get this game again uh, in the playoffs with that little exercise, uh, get to host that oh, yeah. uh, conference championship game as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive, massive advantage with the Green Bay Packers losing last night. Mm-hmm. But for the Rams, Andrew Whitworth has been ruled out. Their right. offensive tackle, kind of the leader of that offensive line. How do you think that affects Matthew Stafford back there? Going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line, that really is why they won the Super Bowl just a season ago. Yeah, you know what? At the beginning of the year, if something like that happened, I would be concerned about it because, you know, if you're a new quarterback and, and certainly from the preseason standpoint, you didn't interact with that offensive line, and so your drop point and how comfortable you are in the pocket becomes compromised. Uh, but now that Stafford has worked with this offensive line, all of those nuances are okay, right? Mm-hmm. And so who's ever playing left tackle? They got to hold up. Yeah, uh, and they're going to have a challenge because you got Shaq Barrett, who learned his craft from Vaughn Miller in Denver. Yeah, uh, and then point. you have JPP, and, and we'll see his availability. But uh, that's a matchup I'm certainly going to keep an eye on looking end game uh, bet this game as well. Yeah, Taylor Rapp, the safety for the L.A. Rams, has also been ruled out. So Eric Weddle, who's been out for a couple years, is going to be back there at safety for this Rams team. I'm sure Tom Brady will target him a time or two in this they game. They got trees. <laughs> Brady has trees. <laughs> Mike Evans, 6'5". Gronk, 6'7". Yep. Uh, Brady, what is he, 6'4". O.J. Howard, I mean, they have trees. Brady has trees to throw to, and you're going to put Eric, what, a little Eric Whittle out there. <laughs> I mean, okay, good luck with that one, certainly for you with the L.A. Rams. Yeah, it's interesting seeing the betting market kind of attack this game because we've seen a lot of respected bettors coming in, taking this Rams team plus three. Mike Palm, who we had on the last segment, he's on the Rams plus mm-hmm. three here. Tom Brady getting a little disrespect here from the betting market as he sits here laying less than a field goal at home in a playoff game. Does this surprise you that there's a bigger deal about Worfs at right tackle and not a big deal with Whitworth at left tackle? It does a little bit. Now, Worfs is a younger player. I think he's probably better than Whitworth now since Whitworth's yeah. 40 years old or so. But it is a little surprising because Worfs has a chance to play. And now the Bucks, the Bucks knew on Friday that Whitworth is out. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rams do that so they can kind of game plan around it. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can also dial up some blitzes as well to try to attack Matthew Stafford in the pocket there because Whitworth, he means a lot to this Rams offense. And he's on that roster because he helps out block in a run game, yes. the edges, the wide zone rushing game to which the Rams like to run. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a big blow for this Rams team, but the Bucks have a share of offensive line issues as well that we will be discussing all throughout the morning. On the other side, Dan Fates of WHAM in Rochester joins us here on Betting Across America as we preview Chiefs and the Bills coming up here later this evening. any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It is betting across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here. Divisional round of the NFL. Come to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. The game of the weekend, Pritch. Bills Chiefs kicking off 3.30 Pacific time, 6.30 Eastern. And to help us get ready for that game, he is Dan Fates, WHAM sports anchor in Rochester, New York. He's got his best jacket and hoodie on for this main <laughs> event of this game. Dan, I got to ask you to start off. In terms of this Bills Chiefs budding rivalry, does it feel like today is now or never for the Buffalo Bills? I think it does. Look, I, I know the Bills beat the Chiefs back in week five, but guys, you know that legacies and careers aren't made or built in the regular season. And we talk about the Bills having a Super Bowl window, and this just seems like a legacy game for Josh Allen to kind of prove himself that he can beat Patrick Mahomes. Because look, we think these teams are going to go head to head for quite some years, but Super Bowl windows are small, guys. This just seems like everything the Bills have done during this last offseason was for this game. And so, yeah, there's a massive amount of uh, pressure on this one. And it does kind of feel like that now or never moment. How about that? I mean, just a little bit more sauce because, again, right. either one of these teams can host the conference championship uh, with a win today. Uh, but, Dan, I want to ask you about noise. Like, uh, as betters, we look at certain situations, information, or whatever. Uh, but the noise of head coaching interviews, like, for instance, the Bills, they lost their assistant GM, Joe Shane. Well, they didn't lose him. He's going to be hired by the Giants. Certainly, he's still interacting because he's interviewing coordinators up there with the Bills, too. So, uh, for the betting audience out there, could that be a distraction uh, as we lead into this game? That's a good question, but I really don't think it is. And, yeah, apparently Joe Shane, uh, guy does not procrastinate. He gets right to work hours <laughs> after he was hired. He's talking to Brian Dable. Obviously, they probably weren't too far apart. But, yeah, he's interviewing Brian Dable, and then uh, that was Friday. And then Saturday, he interviewed Leslie Frazier. And the reason I don't think it's that much of a concern is that both of these guys kind of went through this last year. We were all on Zoom calls as the postseason was going on, and Brian Dable was getting head coaching interviews with the Chargers and all these things. And we asked them time and time again, how do you stay focused? How do you do this? It's like, well, it's the NFL. Like, yeah, this happens. Like, you stay focused. You're able to do kind of more than one thing. But he's like, our entire focus is on the postseason. So Brian Dable has been through this. And all the time last year, we kept asking Leslie Frazier during their postseason run, how come you haven't gotten any head coaching interviews? Like when, when are you going to hit yours? So these guys have handled this. I, I think that that plays into it. The fact that they went through this last year, that Brian Dable all of a sudden is this new hot name. Both of these guys have been through it before. So I don't think it's that much of a distraction. We're speaking with Dan Fates here, the sports anchor over at WHAM in Rochester, New York, talking all things Bills Chiefs here on betting across America. Dan, this Bills offense is one of the best offenses in the league, and they put up 38 points on the Chiefs in that first meeting. But the Chiefs defense is retooled and has gotten much better along the way. How do you think this Bills offense matches up with the improvements of Kansas City's defense? Yeah, Femi, uh, I think this Bills offense is going to have their way again with this Chiefs defense because I think some context matters. Look, I know the Chiefs defense is playing better than what they were back in week five. But I think it'd be tough for them to play worse than what they were playing at the beginning of the season. So I think you have to have some context in there. Look, they've beaten up and, and beat some bad quarterbacks. They beat Daniel Jones. They beat Teddy Bridgewater. They, you know, they held the Packers to seven points. But it was Jordan Love, guys. And when they played Justin Herbert, when they played uh, Joe Burrow, they kind of got lit up. So I, I think you need to put in some context here. I, I really think the Bills know what they're going to expect. And the way that they've been playing of late, I think it's such a huge test to what Brian Gable was able to do to go up against the Patriots and Bill Belichick for a third time in a season 
And like these, these bills and chiefs, they know each other well, but Brian Abel was still able to get guys open. Was still able to calm Josh Allen down. Was still able to put in a game plan that was able to confuse and beat bill Belichick for a third time when they face in a season. So I, I think that this bills team won't have too much problem. If there's one weakness out of both of these teams, if I had to pick who do I had the least amount of faith in Femi, it's still the chiefs defense for me. Well, how about that? I mean, I tell you what, the Bills, they woke up during the year, actually got called out by the Patriots uh, for not being a, a physical football team. Uh, and so they took that to heart, which was refreshing to see. Uh, what about Josh Allen, though? Is, is he capable? I mean, he almost had a perfect game uh, against the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> is he capable of coming close to that? I'm not going to say exceed that, but, but certainly he's going to have to come close to that against the, uh, the Chiefs uh, coming uh, later on today. Yeah, he, he knows the task that you're going to not be able to uh, settle for field goals. And we have seen the, an aggressive style from Brian Dable and Sean McDermott and Josh Allen since that second half of that Tampa Bay game where they were getting blown out. And they say that something slipped. A switch went off in that second half. And I always remember Josh Allen had a Freudian slip in the postgame press conference when he was asked and he goes, a win like this, I'm sorry, a loss like this will huh. give our team momentum. Like that was how important that game was. They roared back. They were down 28 to three or whatever, came back, forced overtime. They eventually lost in overtime, but it was that game where they thought they really kind of found something. This season has been ups and downs. And they say that is what has helped this team be prepared to go through this postseason. They knew they were going to have to go on the road probably at some point. They expected they were going to have to face the Patriots again in the playoffs after beating them. Uh, in the second time in Foxborough, they said that they were expecting to face the Chiefs again. They knew if they had to go to the Super Bowl, it was probably going to have to go through Kansas City. So here they are. And Josh Allen, I think it being his, you know, going through his third postseason, I, I, he looks like a completely different person mentally than what he was in Houston back in 2019, when pretty much the wheels kind of fell off in that second half back in 2019. So I, I think he's more mature at this point. I think he's got more composure, knows how to take the checkdowns, knows how to when to run, when to throw it away. And he's got some more weapons working down than he, I think he ever has even earlier this year. Dan, I want to ask you about some player props here before we get to the ultimate predictions for this game, sides and the totals. Josh Allen's rushing yards prop is 52 and a half. We spoke about this earlier this season, about this prop here. Do you think this is going to be another game where Allen has a lot of production on the ground, or do they maybe turn the ball around and hand it off to Devin Singletary, whose prop right now is 62 and a half at BetMGM? Full disclosure, I got burned last week on the Josh Allen rushing attempts. They took him out for the three knees at the end of the game. I needed those three <laughs> knees as rushing attempts. So that being said, I would steer a little bit away from Josh Allen rushing props. Look, I think he's going to run, to, but to how much, I don't know. Are the mm. Chiefs going to try and spy him? Are they going to try and make him beat him with his arm? Are they going to blitz him? You know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how much Josh Allen runs, especially with how well Devin Singletary has been moving the ball five touchdowns in his last five games, all of those kind of things. I don't know if this is a game where Josh Allen sits in the pocket more. Um, so I would, I would lean under, even though I know a lot of trends would say over on rushing uh, props for quarterbacks in the postseason. The chances of uh, Dawson Knox scoring a touchdown. He had nine uh, in particular in the red zone too, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, this guy, I think yeah. I saw a prop where it was plus 180 if Knox scores a touchdown in the game. Love it. I absolutely love it because he has become, it's funny, we talked about him before the season, like needing him to be, just a decent tight end. Like last year, he just had so many drops and everybody's like, Oh, we need him to step up and be a top five tight end in the league. 
You don't need that. You just need him to be able to catch the ball. And he, actually, he's become a very good option, especially in the red zone. They work screens to him. They work bubbles. All of these things, they go they go to him uh, because of his size. And, look, we know that Stephon Diggs gets a lot of attention. He said earlier this year that he's the most expensive decoy in the National Football League. <laughs> and Dawson Knox is a guy that is benefiting from all of that. That's funny. It's Time to give the predictions because we've been talking props, all this stuff. How do you see this game being played out in terms of a scoring perspective, in terms of the over, the under? And right now, the Bills, one and a half point underdogs in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think is the valuable play in terms of the side in tonight's game? I think you just take the money line. Look, earlier this week, I think the Bills, they opened at two and a half point underdogs. I think you just take the money line. If you like the Bills, get some positive juice out of it. Don't settle for the 110 in the spread. If they win, I don't see it being a one-point game or a two-point game. I think the Bills either win this game or they get blown out in Kansas City. So I think you ride with the Bills, <laughs> needing that momentum. 364 days ago, Femi, Stephon Diggs sat on the field in Arrowhead and watched the Chiefs celebrate. That image has been posted all over social media. The Bills have used it. This is their chance to get redemption. And I think if they can do it, might as well take the money line that they just win it outright. Bill's money line. I like that play there. Right now, plus plus 105 over at BetMGM. So we'll discuss that all throughout the show. You've also been on this Bill's team in terms of being the best team in the league since earlier in the season here. So you're not some Johnny come lately here. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I, I think, and I think this team is playing the best they have right now. And they've got confidence. Micah Hyde says confidence is a hell of a drug. This is the number one rated defense. And they believe they have some chip on their shoulder because nobody believes in them. I think this game comes down to who can get three stops Femi and I think the Bills defense has a better shot of doing that than the Chiefs do of stopping the Bills offense he is Dan Fate, sports anchor at WHAM in Rochester New York Dan appreciate you joining us once again as always and best of luck to you this weekend hey let's do this again next week what do you think hey how about that uh, look at that calling his shots I, know, I love it Bills possibly <laughs> hosting the AFC title game against the Cincinnati Bengals stick with us we're going to discuss some of these playoff futures on the other side it's betting across America our number one is done our two on the other side